everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. A little hotter and more humid, but I mean, it should be great weather this weekend. So looking forward to that. And we're looking forward to the Wednesday show. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from uh, AUTigers.com here in the studio. Drew once again at the controls. And as usual, hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number, and they also are the sponsor of our hotline. And uh, we, we'd love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports-wise, the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, also the sponsor of our podcast, which you can get however you listen to podcasts. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform. Or go to RadioAlabama.net and check out the podcast uh, podcast center, which you can use at uh, the ESPN 106.7 tab at our new online home, RadioAlabama.net. By the way, cool-looking website. I don't know if you've checked out the uh, the RadioAlabama.net digs of late, but it's a, uh, a cool-looking... Cool I usually looking... click on it to be yeah. able to listen in from the there, office. There you so. go. Yeah, you can listen mm-hmm. live as well from from uh, from the ESPN 106.7 uh, page at RadioAlabama.net. Not, not not just to our show, either, right? You can listen right. to the entire... Uh, Whatever's the, all, on. Yeah, all the original programming we offer here on ESPN 106.7 uh, on the line, uh, the Max Roundtable, after the game, which will do another episode uh, this Saturday, and, and I'm sure it'll be a, a highly anticipated one as, uh, as Auburn and Penn State. Jason, we were saying earlier in the week, the biggest, or maybe the most monumental uh, Auburn home game featuring an out-of-conference opponent since the USC game to start the 2003 season. Auburn's played some prominent teams between then and now, but it, it didn't feel as once-in-a-lifetime win Washington State or Kansas State. Or, or even Clemson. Or Clemson or Georgia Tech or even West Virginia, uh, which would maybe be uh, you know the, the most uh, likely candidate, uh, came, came to Auburn in the two decades since that USC game to open the 2003 season. Yeah, this is... You start talking about um, a name team coming here. This is about as I mean, as big as it gets. I've already Clemson and played football a long time. Um, USC, you're right. Come USC coming here. This is the you know this is on par. That USC team became what it was the next couple of years after that. But you know USC then wasn't you know the USC then and Penn State now are very similar in terms of, in terms of programs. I mean Penn State's been really successful in its history. USC became that over the next few years. They added to that mystique. But this one, in terms of you know you think about traditional football, this is I mean this is probably one of the top six or seven programs you could get to to come to Jordan Hare Stadium. I, I believe seventh all time in wins according to their uh, according to their media guide. So so it is you know a program that has an argument as as one of the top five or ten programs certainly in the last few decades of of college football. The Penn State uh, Nittany Lions. One crucial difference, Jason, uh, Penn State's quarterback uh, Sean Clifford, uh, unlike Matt Leinart in that 2003 USC game will not be making his first no. career start on Saturday uh, when, when he takes the field. 36th career start, I believe, is, 20, the, uh, is, is the number I heard. 24 years old. I mean, this guy's older than, I, I'm guessing, a dozen quarterbacks in the NFL. Usually there's a mission trip involved when a, <laughs> right. when a 24-year-old <laughs> but, quarterback is a starter. But not nowadays. I mean, with, with COVID year, with yeah. all the things that go into it, you see more and more of this in, in, in football than we've seen ever. 
Um, Jared Doge has to be around 24 years uh, old. Right? Yeah, there's, I mean, a, there's a lot of those guys. So, so here, here's your here's your thoughts on on the Penn State quarterback situation. He was a freshman. Carry on Johnson was still playing at Auburn. Wow. 2017 season, right? Wow. That, that he, yeah, was, that, that seems like a long time ago. Jer- Jarrett Stidham's first year as Auburn's starting quarterback. What was his first year at was, Penn State. Was Sean Clifford's first year as a college quarterback, right? Correct. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's it's been right. that, yeah. Yeah. Been a while. I mean, yeah, for, absolutely. So, I mean, this guy has played a lot of football. That was four offensive line coaches ago for Auburn. And, and four coordinators ago. Four or five coordinators ago. Um, but, no, look at him and he's – you got to play a lot of football. You're not going to show him too much that he hasn't seen before. Uh, now, there's some inexperience on the offensive line. Um, they got two guys that have some experience. They got three guys that have combined five starts or six starts. So you start talking. About, okay, there's some inexperience. Now they're yeah you know, they're older. They're they're highly recruited. They got some talent. They brought in a Western Kentucky transfer wide receiver who is their best wide receiver to this point. Um, they're probably going to play a true freshman who's a five star quarterback, Drew Aller. They're going to play a five-star, the number one running back in the country, Nicholas Singleton. They're going to play. He's going to start. They're going to play two or three true freshmen on offense um, Saturday night, and those guys are going to play a good bit um, because they've recruited pretty well. But it's it's all it all goes back to that veteran quarterback for me. And and the a couple things I've noticed from watching Sean Clifford certainly more last year and this year, knowing that he's going to be on Auburn schedule, you know, before last year's game and and now uh, Saturday. Uh, he it, the battle isn't over when you get to him because he's a pretty good improviser who can get outside the pocket. It's a little bit similar to I'd say of recent Auburn quarterbacks. It's reminiscent of Bo Nix in the way that when when he will uh, if you flush him out of the pocket, the play's not over because he's keeping his eyes downfield and he's a pretty good scrambler. Yeah, so, he's, yeah, he's a dangerous guy. Yeah, he, he can beat you. He can beat you with his legs. He, he, he can drive you crazy. He's not as much of a runner yeah, no. as Bo. He he he'll find a way to, to kind of stay alive in the pocket. Mm-hmm. That's what he does a good job of. But I know a lot of Penn State fans. I mean, he drives them crazy Absolutely. because been he can be inconsistent. But then it seems like you know he's been very good in the two minute type offense, which Bo seemed to be better at. Yes, correct. I mean, I think a lot of quarterbacks grow up doing those things. He's done a good job. I mean, just look at it, week one. You know, again, you know, week zero for them, but that game against Purdue where they drives him down the field at the end of the game. He had not played great. And then, obviously, in the fourth quarter, he played pretty good. I, I want to have said these two things in case either of them comes true on Saturday, too, because I've noticed this watching Sean Clifford, a little, little bit of foreshadowing. Um, when he misses, it seems like he really trusts his arm and he misses long. Uh, he over, I mean, the, the Purdue interception, the, the pick six that, that turned the Purdue game around in the fourth quarter is a situation where Clifford, I mean, he missed. I, sh- I showed you that interception earlier today, Bill. Uh, Clifford misses that receiver in the Purdue game. Oh, by six feet at least. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's way yeah. over the head of that of that wide receiver, and it ends up being a seventy-five yard interception return for a touchdown that turned uh, that the Purdue game. At least for the moment, it was a, a you know one of the many lead changes in the fourth quarter of that Purdue game. So you know, I wonder if, especially on the road against a secondary that. Sounds like there's been some pressure on Auburn secondary to make make plays and get some interceptions based on how uh, Brian Harson's been talking at least you know to, to the media. So I wonder about uh, you know if that's if 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 that could lead to something. Sean Clifford when he misses it does seem like he misses a little bit long. Yeah no no I mean you know, Auburn does not have a turnover in two games to this point. Um, right had, had nine interceptions total last year. It's it's been an issue now. Sean Clifford threw one interception last year in that game against Auburn. He's thrown one interception to this point this season. Um, but he's done a pretty good job overall 
Um, but she's looking How many at, attempts did he have even in, in the game Saturday against Ohio? Because they were going multiple quarterbacks, and I think they pulled him. 27. Oh, he, he really he, threw 27? He's okay. 19 of 27 for a touchdown, 213 yards. Yeah, he didn't play much of the second half. I mean, he's thrown 64 passes in two games, and that's without – Without playing a lot in the second half, it's forty at, something in the Purdue game. Just yeah, based on. I mean he's he's seventy one career touchdowns and twenty six interceptions for his career, and he's, you know he's thrown you know twenty six interceptions. I don't think these numbers are right. There's they're they're not right. So I think it I think it's actually twenty five career interceptions, and they've added about four. So I think it's sixty seven touchdowns, okay. twenty five interceptions. But I mean this guy's thrown. I mean he's over a thousand career attempts. Um, he's over 600 completions for his career, um, and you know we saw him last year. La- well, that was and and that was every, the, the everybody says absolutely the game of his life. Yeah, he's the, never he, played like that before or since. You know, and then he does have six or seven 300 yard passing games. He mm-hmm. didn't throw for 300 yards in that game, but he was you know 28 of 32, right. 220, uh, you know 87 percent completion percentage. These tight ends, um, Auburn wasn't able to get to him. They did not have a sack in that game, and and. That to me, offense. All the offense. People can talk about the offense. The offense. I did not expect this Auburn offense to go out and average thirty-eight a game. I didn't. Defensively, I expected this More. defense to create havoc. Mm-hmm. They have not done that to this point. And if they don't do that Saturday, then I don't like Auburn's chances to win. I think they've got to do those things. I just don't. I look back to Saturday. It's it's San Jose State. You're uninspired. It is what it is. You gave up five red zone opportunities. Now, they feel like, well, your red zone defense is better. Yeah, but you don't need to try it out so much. Cause, <laughs> That's right. Because better teams are going to take advantage of that. And the Penn State passing offense isn't a – I mean, it, it's – it's a way to get. It's a way to get. San Jose State's passing offense is a way to get ready for Penn State's passing offense because that's a guy. That's a quarterback that'll that'll run from you if you if you get into the pocket. Cordero. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of Ole Miss. It's yeah. It was a little see. bit. This is to me. This is more of. I won't say traditional, but it, they're going to be tight end heavy. Mm-hmm. But but it is a quarterback where you go. I mean, you had to be careful a little bit staying in lanes, those kind of things, because he can make you pay. Um, we saw it last year, the tight end, just well, out of the gate a few times. What, what, I mean, something Auburn can't do is they can't, get, they can't give so much cushion and allow Sean Clifford to throw 8- to 12-yard passes all night He'll long. do that a lot. Because we saw that too much last we, we year. Say the same thing. And, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, you think about, okay, offensively, you know, this team hasn't had a ton of explosive plays. They're, 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 less, they're averaging less than they did last year, and they've played the two weakest opponents they're going to play all year. Um, they got to find a way to create explosive plays, and it's hard to do that without wide receivers. And right now, Javarius Johnson has seven catches on eight targets. Shedrick Jackson has five catches. You had a, yeah, you had a great point and on that when the, somebody asked about the receivers. The rest of the wide receiver group has three catches. Yeah, total in two games. Um, it, that's where your explosive plays come from. Now, if if Tank and those guys, if they can, if you can have three hundred yards rushing in a game. Then you you don't need that. It's hard to average three hundred yards rushing the game. Yes. Last year Auburn outgained Penn State hundred yards on the ground and lost the game. And we're even in the turnover battle. Mm-hmm. Um because it's hard to score fifteen, sixteen play drives. This year Penn State feels a little better about their running game. I mean, we'll, we'll see. They've got they've got a couple of freshmen. The the point Jason made earlier about the pass the pass rush in the first game though, because everyone points to you look at Sean Clifford's numbers and you look at Sean Clifford's numbers and you think, Well, oh, the secondary must have had a really bad night for Auburn. 
part of that's because there wasn't a sack, and he wasn't he wasn't pressured yeah. th- that often in in that game. On top of the zero sacks, that's got to change. And he is somebody who can take. I mean, one thing I noticed, not in the Auburn game, he's but in big. other games, he's big, he's physical, he's big, he's physical, mm-hmm. and he takes some big hits He'll take for some a quarterback. He, he did against take Purdue some, and came back. Yes, the, mm-hmm. the the window. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying intentionally or anything like that, but the chances there. I, if it if he were if he were a quarterback on a team I was rooting for, I would constantly be nervous at the hits he's willing to open himself up to, and that's something. I mean, if, if you're if, if you protect him, he's he's lethal. I mean, the team I mean showed it last year in the Auburn game. If you can if you can uh, yeah. I mean if you can if you can rush him, you can change it a little bit. And, and we've heard Derek Hall say it. We've heard Jalen Simpson say it. Pass rush and coverage work together. It almost feels like they're on a different page right now. Because you either have to create pressure or you have to play tighter to let your mm-hmm. pressure get home. And, yeah, and it's been a combination of not enough pressure and, and playing too soft. Right. And so it's been the opposite. Now, we'll see people like, oh, they're going to flip a switch. Maybe they will. Um, but other than a couple of games last year, we didn't see that either. And people say it was Alabama. They played a tight. Well, they got home a bunch against Alabama rushing four guys. Now, they blitzed a little bit. But Alabama's offensive line wasn't very good. They were able to create pressure, mm-hmm. and they got it done by those guys up front. Um, they brought a little pressure against San Jose State at times, but you got to have third and nine, third and ten, and and that's where that running defense comes up. You can't give them third and fours, and and, and you know got to get got to get home. Feels like an adage in college football too that that experienced quarterbacks handle the blitz better than inexperienced quarterbacks do, which makes it all the more important that Auburn's pass rush, pass rush, it's not you get to them by sending five or six. It's it's Eku and Marcus and Colby and Derek. Correct. Th- those four guys need to be able to win four on five or maybe even you know that, four on six situations and get to Sean Clifford. That's because, it. That's because if it. you send more guys, you, you open yourself up to, 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 big, to big plays. Correct, yeah. That, that in, the, in the end, ultimately, how well you play defense and play pass defense, you can almost exclusively look back to and go, how often do you get home with rushing four? If you have to, the more you have to add, you might get there, but it boy, it opens you up to. And, and here's the thing: you might have to take some chances. You may have to give up a big play or two, but in return, can you cause a couple of turnovers? Can you cause an interception? Can you hit the quarterback and, and, and create a fumble? Those are the plays. When I think about when I think about Auburn environment, and I think about how you can impact from a home field advantage. Those are the plays I think about over time. I mean, Cadillac's run, those things are big. But I think about a big interception. Man, turnovers, uh, turnovers that, get the crowd, get, get the I think crowd. I think about when anything. A, unlike anything. Yes. When, when a defensive line can take control of the game. Correct. When, when the offensive line starts to feel like they've got no chance, that can lead yeah. to some of the moments. Yeah, I remember Yeah, I remember how, you know, 11 sacks can, yeah. can oh, get I mean, but I'm just thinking, this thing about last year, that Iron Bowl game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the perfect example of a team going, I mean, Auburn had no business being in that game, but it was in that game because that defensive line took over the game. They did it, and and they ran out of gas at the end, but they controlled the line of scrimmage for 58 minutes of that game and gave Auburn a chance. That's how that's how you impact games at Jordan Air how, how important was the defensive line in the, the two monumental 2017 wins, the Georgia and Alabama wins at Auburn? I mean, you think about Jeff Holland and Marlon Davidson well, well, and Derek Brown. They, all, they, they, they dominated in the run game, did not allow those teams to run the football, and, and if, if Auburn does that Saturday night, that'll be one part of it. But like I said, Auburn won the rushing game by 100 yards last year and still lost the game. We need to get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in. Again, the Kia of Auburn hotline is 334-321-1390. 
as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com. Jason, before we get to the phones, just let everybody know all the things that they'll find if they go there to uh, to AUTigers.com. Yeah, like I said, tons of tons of things. Um, lots of preview uh, going up. Um, you know, obviously getting ready for Penn State this weekend. Just to put a two-minute drill up with myself and Mark Murphy that folks can check out there. Um, you know, recruiting. Um, big weekend coming up this weekend. So we've got a running visitor list. Christian Clemente, he's done a good job at Myself and Philip Duke kind of adding to it there. So you can check that out. And then uh, decision day in the morning uh, for Adam Hopkins, wide receiver from mm-hmm. Thomas County Central. So uh, bright and early, about 8 o'clock or so our time. And so um, like Auburn's chances, you know, for him, a four-star wide receiver, a guy that's a you know athletic playmaker kid. So got all that going on. And then, like I said, heading into to a, what it would be a busy Saturday and busy weekend coming up on, on football. Yeah, no question about it. Well, I mean, Auburn – uh, losing a commitment at receiver today in, uh, in Carmelo English. Uh, just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, obviously uh, not ideal when you look at you losing a guy from you know, Central Phoenix City, mm-hmm. been committed for quite a while, really good player in, in Carmelo. And, you know, who knows the reason. I've been kind of getting getting vibes really the last couple of weeks that I thought, you know, that one didn't feel like it was as solid as maybe uh, maybe it seemed to be. Um, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's, you know, it's just, just you know, guys maybe rethinking things. But, I, I felt like that one maybe he was you know looking looking to reconsider it a little bit and who knows the reasoning why but um, obviously for Auburn you know they got you know Clayton still looking Sorry, for another receiver Sorry now committed yeah. and, and Hopkins um, you know maybe maybe tomorrow what is his, what is his uh, you know give us a little scouting report Hopkins, on him yeah uh-huh. he's got a really good route runner that's the first thing I look at at him he's a guy that that understands kind of influencing defense and does some of those things. He's six foot one seventy, one seventy five. He's not a big physical guy. He's not small, but uh, you know he's. I wouldn't call him a burner, but he's a guy that can run. But it, it just kind of smooth. And so I, I watch him. I watch him. the thing that stands out to me is route running for him. So um, I think he's a guy that you know if, if Auburn picks up, I think he's one of those guys you look at the way he plays and you go, I man, I could envision him maybe playing a little earlier than some others, especially when you talk about playing. You know that level of football, Thomas County Central. They play some good teams mm-hmm. down there in that area of the country. So, um, yeah, a guy that I, th- I think would be a good addition. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline, and let's get to it. And Ed is up first. Hey Ed. Hey guys, how are y'all doing today? Good. Good to hear from you, Ed. Uh, yeah, yes, good talking to y'all. Uh, listen, uh, I, I know y'all. Uh, I, as far as the orange jerseys. You know, I, I really don't have any kind of a opinion on that one way or the other. It sounds a little desperate. If, if we were in better, you know, if everything was going a little better, yeah. But I don't care, you know. But uh, I, I, one thing that you always want to look at, and I've been calling you all for years, and the only thing I asked for the last few years of Gus Malzahn is, is let you see some improvement both in the team and in recruiting. 
And we've got to admit that hadn't happened. And the one thing that we were told was that uh, Harson was going to be this kind of a coach that stupid penalties and things like that wouldn't wouldn't. And and I just I wanted to I just wanted to say I'm disappointed in the the progress of the team, and I don't. I don't care what color jerseys they wear, but do y'all really think that Auburn's and and what do you think it was is going to take? We we know we've got an interim athletic director, and I, I imagine it's my opinion that probably the new athletic director is probably already targeted, and he might already have his new coach. I I don't know, but I just the one thing you have to have in any program. This big is progress, and we we didn't, we, you know, we collapsed last year, and I haven't seen, and we always used to hear that between, you'll have to see the biggest amount of, you know, improvement between game one and game two, and we didn't we didn't see much of anything, and I know it was bad weather, but I, I just wanted, I, and I'll hang up and let y'all address. I, I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I'm. I don't care if Auburn wins or loses Saturday. If they show improvement, if they really fight hard, and, and we can say, "Hey, we're on the right track." Got, got uh, you, Ed. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll we'll, we'll address that. I, I sure there was not progress from game one to game two. There is no question about that. Game one was pretty clean, Jason. Game two was very sloppy. Um, I, 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 I have said three or four times this week. This is the game when Brian Harson in the SEC Media Day said, watch, all right, everybody's watching, let's see now, because we don't know. There's no way, really, of knowing what to expect, I think, from this team, or at least there's nothing to give you uh, that unbridled optimism that, oh, yeah, Auburn's going to come out and just play great. There's no reason to think that. Now, I also don't have enough evidence to say that Auburn's just no good yeah. either. So, so yeah, I can understand the concerns because you didn't see progress. But you look around the country and you look every year and you see teams either barely escaping or being upset by teams that have no right of doing that to them. And doesn't it feel like during the Tuberville and Malzahn eras especially, you would see Auburn not look all that impressive one week offensively and then turn around and and look highly impressive. Yeah, but it's, it's I mean, not it's, it's not exclusive to Auburn. It's by not any exclusive means. to Auburn, but I just I think the first two weeks I understand the apprehension the apprehension. I, I understand e- even some of the disappointment that you haven't had one quarterback excel through two games and clearly make the statement that the the passing offense is better than than it was or than it's been in recent years. But I want to see more, right? I want to see more sure. data before I reach, you know, some of the some of the conclusions. Well, you need, well we everyone needs to see more, yeah. and 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 yeah. No, I, I, mean, I, I think that's part of the. I think it's part of the that Ed's talking about, and part of the fans going. Why haven't you seen more? Right. Not just, I mean, but like more. Are you really holding? Are you really holding Correct. things back, Correct. or is it just that that's is that's it is what it is? Yeah, I mean, yeah and they're going to try to grind it out and 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 run the ball and and throw it. 20 times again. I mean, I think you're going to have to throw it more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's kind of that old that old saying, are you hiding something or, or are you, you hiding know, nothing? Or do you need to practice what you're doing? And, and there's a fine line between that. I mean, we'll find...
may find out Saturday. I think. Well, I, I don't. I don't know that there's been. I don't know that they're just going like, oh, we're now going to expose all. These. There'll be new things. There'll be new wrinkles. But you're not going to change who you are from week two to three. You just got to go out and execute and make plays. And they got to find playmakers. That's that's the key. Mm-hmm. Sometimes magic beans are just beans, right? And so, you know, the, you, you want to you want to believe there might be it. more. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, you know, we'll find out again. We'll know a little bit more after Saturday. But it's still not a. This is not the final exam Saturday. A long way to go. No, after this. It, but it's a pretty important first it's, one. You can set some, your grade. You can, but Penn State went. But Penn State went seven to six last year and won that game. That's right. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell with us for another segment so if you've got a question or comment for him, go ahead and uh, give us a call right now because uh, Jason will be leaving in, uh, in about 15 minutes or so. Um, let's see, the uh, SEC baseball schedule released today, Jason. And, and Auburn, boy, it's uh, nothing like a cakewalk to start conference play for Auburn, right? Yeah, yeah. you, you get two out of three on the road. Uh, Florida, Mississippi State at home, and at Arkansas yeah. the first three weeks. And, yeah, you miss Kentucky. You miss Missouri. Yeah, and you miss Vandy. So, but but I would say, out of the fourteen teams in the league that you have, you're playing, um, well, yeah, you can only, you're playing ten. So, yeah, know, of the yeah. of the fourteen others, you're missing the bottom two yep. at this point, the bottom two, and then obviously Vandy was one of the top two or three, but but you're you're playing pretty much everybody else besides those. I mean, it, it's it's difficult. It's always going to be difficult, but. Um, yeah, you look at it and, and you get you get LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee at home. That that's, that's a good. pretty good that's home good. schedule right there to to have those three coming here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, well, it's always tough in this league. I mean, it, it is. is. But, there's, uh, but, there's, but Butch has navigated it very well. So um, yeah, Auburn, Penn State this weekend. I, we 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 uh, you know talked a little bit about last year and and there, there's some there's some changes. I mentioned a little earlier. Penn State looks like they may be a little better running the ball. Although they couldn't run it against couldn't Purdue, run, yeah, they didn't run they it against run Purdue. It all against and, Purdue and, and, but I mean, you know, know. last week it was you know Nick Singleton basically having yeah, two well, or three, almost 180 yards, yeah, 179 on 10 carries. Yeah, they're going to play two true freshmen uh, at running back and um, probably get the majority of the snaps based on the way this thing is going. Um, not a huge offensive line by mm-hmm. Penn State right. standards. I mean, they're you know they're they're 300, you know, 305 ish all the way across the board. So pretty athletic, probably more than just straight up physical size. But um, you know, yeah, it's it's really I don't know. It's this is a, a hard one for me. It feels very much like last year, where I go, I kind of know a little bit about both teams, but you never really know about either team. I don't think either team are going to run away and hide from another team unless one of them turns it over. Yeah, bunch. the other team's got to help. Yeah, this feels like a this feels like a. In the last year was twenty eight twenty. It feels like that, or even a little bit less of a scoring game this season, in my opinion. I'd love to get your thoughts on how T.J. Finley has fared through the first two games, and sort of how you feel about Auburn's passing offense going in. But what's what's interesting about this game to me is that 
of the you know of, of the Auburn rushing offense, Auburn passing offense, Penn State rushing offense, Penn State passing offense. The two most important ones to me feel like how does Auburn run the ball? How does Penn State throw the ball? Like because that's kind of strength on strength, right? Is is how how does yeah. the Auburn rushing offense fare against the Penn State defense? How does the Penn State passing offense fare against the Auburn defense? You know, and and, and I'd like your thoughts on that, and then we can maybe get. To I, the yeah, I think it's because that's. That's where those teams kind of want to live. Calling cards. Yeah. But but for me, it's almost the opposite. I think to win this game, Auburn's going to have to be able to throw the ball. And I think for Penn State to win it, they're going to have to be able to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like a, almost a little bit different for me. I mean, I think the other two. I'm glad I asked the question because well, that's but, fascinating. But I'm going to say, the, I think the other two are, are kind of the given where you go. Those teams are going to, they're going to, but the, ultimately for Auburn's success as an offense, they've got to find a way to throw the football. Because you're, sooner or later, somebody's going to go, I might give you 180 yards. You might have 180 yards rushing, but but if they're all four yards and it takes 40 carries to get there, then you're going, I'll take that all day long. You can have that. You're going to need to pick up a you third. Gotta, there's going to be a third and eight. Correct. You're need That's it. Game. Can you can – you, yeah, can you avoid – because you're going to have a negative play when somebody says, all right, I'm just going to run blitz you every time. I'm going to bring my safeties into the box. I'm going to make you try to hit a big play. And right now you look and go, Javaris Johnson has been the one guy that can do that for this offense, but there hasn't been anybody else. Um, you've had a couple from Tank uh, in the run game, but it's still you look up and you go, okay, can you? You got to finish it in the red zone. You're not, you know, they got to have Auburn's been really good in the red zone. They just haven't gotten to the red zone enough. Correct. And, you and, were talking about the, the 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 number of opportunities San Jose State got in the red zone. Auburn needs more opportunities. Correct. In the red and that's zone. it. And 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 but to do that. I think you got to give, but to me, it's it's almost like, can you have a couple of forty, fifty yard touchdown plays to avoid having to score from mm-hmm. the six, you know, right. second goal? Um, those are difficult, especially the we saw it last year at Penn State. The better opponents you play, the more difficult it is to score. Tougher in the against the closer yes. you get. And I, yeah. identifying the candidates to make explosive plays for Auburn, I would think that I mean we've seen Javarius have well, the biggest passing plays through the air. Tank Bigsby, you would think on the ground. Jarquez is is in the mix as an explosive play candidate. Robbie Ashford as a as a runner is is, is someone who's made a couple of explosive plays. You know, you you trying to identify where these things could come. That's from. That's the interesting one for me. Is how does that look against an opponent like Penn State mm-hmm. now that they've seen two weeks of it? Yep. And what can you add off of that to them? Because we haven't seen really. We saw the option where him where he was lined up at wide receiver. They're basically just been keeps. I mean, he hadn't really run a zone read to this point. Can they add that in? It's not something they've really done a bunch of uh, historically. Can you add that into the offense? Can you add in a flip reverse off of it? I mean, to me, it's going to be hard to expect Robbie Ashford to just go. Oh, we're just going to keep turning the corner against these teams. Yeah, you're going to you're going to beat everybody at the corner and and, 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 and then outrun them down. Yeah, the Yeah, in your two plays, we're going to get you in there and you're going to have 50 yards rushing. It's hard to think that's going to continue. And and we've seen it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I keep up with substitutions and who's in the game and when they're in. We've seen a lot of receivers in the game. They just haven't been targeted. No, I mean, uh, Javaris has eight targets and seven catches. So, I mean, in, in two games, he has eight total targets. He needs to have eight Saturday at a minimum, in my opinion. Like, he needs to be a guy to go, like, we've got, we got to feature this guy because he's a guy that is a game breaker. He could, I mean, he catches eight passes in a game. He could have 200 yards receiving. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's who he is. Um, 
can you find one of those other guys? We haven't seen Cannon Brown, you know, impact. No, we haven't he seen has him. he hasn't played much. I mean, Land Landon Landon, Landon King played was on some, the field a good bit last week, but I don't had, think he had. Did had he have one, one? He had one target, and right. that was Robbie's interception. That was it. That was the only target he had. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's those kind of things. You go like, where where do those plays come from? Um, I think we we know who Javarius and Shedrick are. I think Shedrick's solid. He's a guy that is is a dependable receiver. I think he'll make a play or two. Javaris can be a playmaker. Where's the next group of guys? Because it takes it may take three or four for this offense. There was Coy, a, there Coy was a, caught one pass, right? He's got Tavares Dawson has two. Coy Moore has one. That's the extent. That's it. Yeah. There, there was a, there was a Daz Worsham sighting in the in the first half on uh, on, on Saturday. Well, and then and, 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 and you know like when week one we saw, you know, Xavier Capers was in like on the first series. Capers was in early. We saw. Both Jay Fair and Amari Kelly in right. really early in the game, and then in again late, but just a couple of snaps. It's yeah, it's, it's just been kind of all over the place a little bit, uh, and I know what that does. Now it, it'll keep Penn State from having any idea about substitution patterns in terms of what they're doing, but uh, you got to feel pretty sure that if Shedrick and Javaris are on the field, then more than likely that's a better opportunity for all to be throwing the football. Before we before we get to Mac, just good and bad, because we were, we were teasing it earlier, sort of good and good and bad, what have you seen from T.J. Finley so, so far yeah, through two games? I, I think I think the poise in, in staying calm last week was, was impressive. I, I thought, you know, the two, I mean, the two fourth down plays were, they may have been the game. If he doesn't pick up that ball off the ground and find Tank Bigsby that first possession of the third quarter, you're going to give up the ball to forty yard line to San Jose State trailing. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? You could have ended up. You could have been Texas A and M an easy Saturday. That could have happened. Uh, and then you have fourth down to, to Schinker. I mean, the poise that he showed in staying calm, I thought was big. Now, to me, there even even just I don't know a little bit of timing. Javaris Johnson had a, a big catch down there toward the goal line. But it was like, okay, throw that ball a half pad earlier, and he's catching it with a chance to turn the corner and score a touchdown. Instead, he, he's almost out of bounds. Right. He threw him out of bounds. It's just those are the, those are the differences between scoring a touchdown and kicking a field goal Saturday, and that could be the difference between winning and losing. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Mac is next. Hey Mac. Hey, uh, could I clear up something about the orange jerseys? Sure. Uh, after the Auburn-Alabama game of 1953, Auburn wore those an awful lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, if I can relate a story from my good friend Bill Wingard. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he told me why they didn't wear them after that game. Uh, Vince Dooley was deep in, Auburn was in deep, deep in Alabama territory. And he had Jim Pyburn in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And Jim Pyburn was double covered. And Auburn had the orange jerseys on. Alabama <clears throat> had their red, which is too close. You know, the colors are too close, really. But Auburn wore white helmets, and they wore red. Uh, out, of the cor- out of the corner of Vince Dooley's eye, for what he perceived is red with two two men closing in on him and he threw a desperation pass to Jim Pyburn which was broken up in the end zone the two 
jerseys he, that he had perceived to be red were really orange, and they were going to escort him into the end zone, which would meant we would have won the game. Coach Jordan said we will never wear them again. Well, when you have a bad experience with something, a lot of times you you don't want to you don't want to do it again. I can I can understand that. One thing you so, won't, so both teams you, are wearing the dark jerseys. Yeah, well, you Is used that, to, that yeah. used to happen. Ugh. You don't see that anymore now. You know the the road team has to wear the road white unless you know unless there's an agreement. You beforehand. see that in Big Ten basketball, and it's and a then, nightmare, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. And then it's going to be opposite, where right. somebody's going to be wearing white right. or light, light, and the other gonna has to dark. wear dark. Yes. So, so yeah, that's not something that could happen again. But yeah, I don't doubt something like that. You have yeah, a bad experience absolutely. with something, you don't want to ever have that happen again. I appreciate that, Mac. Well, that's not the end of the story. Oh, sure, go ahead. You know. Uh, Coach Barfield wore him, I think, four times. Four think, times, that is right. And he uh, tied one, lost one, and I think he won one, two. two. That's right. Well, <clears throat> when Pat Dye came here, they asked him about the orange jerseys. He said, we're not going to I heard him say this. Oh, I, I, I did too. <laughs> we're not going to wear them. Our colors are blue. Nope. We're going to put on right. those big blue jerseys and scare the hell out of people. He talked about, you know, remember he was talking about the blue jerseys when he played at Georgia. So, That's right. Yep. Now, one more thing. Coach Jordan was good friends with Pat Dye's daddy. Mm-hmm. He was over there. They were having a visit. And... After the interview and talking to Pat a good bit, he said, Pat, maybe you should go on to Georgia. We said, there will always be a place for you in Auburn. But anyway, uh, that's a story of, now Pat Dye did say, the color of the jersey does not win the game. Hard work and preparation is what wins the game. Yeah, he's right. Correct. And it also doesn't lose the game either. People saying, oh, they're, they're bad luck. No. No. Yeah. The, no, best, uh, yeah. the team, that, the Georgia, that Georgia team they lost to was pretty good. That was Herschel's team. Yes. That was the national championship. And it was a pretty good football Georgia game. Team. It was. Yes. I mean, so Auburn, you know, under Doug Barfield, probably played four of their better games wearing the orange jersey. You're saying the jersey color might not have mattered against Herschel Walker. And that's um, and, yeah. uh, well, I mean, like I said, I mean, Georgia they, they, played, they played them really, they they did. really good football. One of the, well, one of the they, tougher games they had. The first time they wore those jerseys, that was not the national championship team. Oh, no, no. The first time was that 22 all tie, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's true. Where William Andrews definitely scored that's at the true. end of the first half. I was, yeah, I was there. I, 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 I saw it with my own eyes. Well, I'm a little older than you guys, and uh, Bill Wingard was a World War II veteran. And and long, long, long time spotter, absolutely. And he came back after the war and went to school on the GI Bill mm-hmm. and finally graduated in 53. And he passed away in 93, but he's, he used to tell me all these kind of stories. Oh, yeah. Great stuff. But anyway, y'all probably might even know all this. I just wanted to... Oh, no, it's great hearing it, Mac. I didn't know all of that. Well, I call in every few years with something off the wall like that. <laughs> well, that's great. We appreciate it. Keep listening. Call whenever you can. I will. All right, take care. All right, uh, Jason, I know you've got to run. Uh, we, we've got calls holding. We'll get back to them. But, uh, uh, again, just one more time before you go, just uh, some of the things we can look forward to there at, at uh, AUTigers.com. Yeah, like I said, looking forward to, to this weekend. This is, you know, we talked about early in the show, this is one of those games you point to and go, 
Man, but think about it for a few years. Um, think about going to to Penn State last year. Uh, it was great it going was up there. I mean, it's, it's such such a such a great trip. It was and and hard to believe this will be the first ever team who is a member of the a Big current, Ten at the time a coming in. Member of the Big Ten being here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny. There's a few members of the Big Ten. Yeah, now Maryland and Nebraska that, that were here. And I said I said earlier this week I said Auburn needs a Tommy Agee moment. Oh yeah, Saturday. They need a guy that they run for about two hundred. Like two hundred twenty-eight yeah. yards against Boomer Esiason in, in Maryland, eighty-three. Who's going to be that guy? That's to me. I mean, it doesn't necessarily take a game like that, but it sure would help Auburn if somebody that maybe is, hasn't shown as much to this point has one of those moments on Saturday. Oh yeah, um, you got uh, high yeah. school this week. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to still figure out where I'm going to go Friday night, so I do that. Maybe not too far away. Obviously, with a two thirty kick on Saturday, mm-hmm. but yeah, looking forward to it. Hey. It's funny, weather-wise, it's going to be a little bit warmer Saturday than it is now, but it's still going to be cooler than oh, it was last be, year at Penn it's State. It's going to be great Friday night. I mean, it was warmer. It was oh, warm. yeah. You're warmer. right. It was, it was, it was I, hot. I was, I was not comfortable last yeah, year. Yeah, no, people wondering about the weather. It was it was much warmer last year at Penn State than it's going to be this Saturday. Oh, it was humid. Yes. It was really humid. All right, Jason, and, and folks can follow you? Yep, you can check us out at autigers.com, auburnundercover.com, and follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. All right, we will see you Saturday. Yep, absolutely. All right, we'll get to our final break back with more of your phone calls stick with us here on the wednesday drive time to churn up some more yardage on the drive the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one of the Wednesday Drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell spending uh, the first 45-plus minutes of the uh, show here with us. He had to run. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Brett is up next. Hey, Brett. Hey, guys. Um, yesterday, y'all were talking about the defensive line. I went and looked at the uh, – I watched a decent amount of the Purdue-Penn uh, State game. I didn't watch it all, but I went back and looked at the box score uh, – all the passes Penn State, I um, mean, uh, Purdue through Penn State had two sacks. One was by a safety and one was by a linebacker. Hmm. So the defensive linemen are not exactly uh, setting on fire in, in that game. Well, that, that's um, interesting because, I mean, we've been lamenting, you know, Auburn's lack of sacks. If Penn State... Uh, Penn State can't get after T.J. Finley. That uh, that that, that yeah. would bode well for Auburn. Well, to Brett's point, sixty pass attempts by the Purdue quarterback wow. in that game, and yeah, to, to just the, just the two sacks. One of them was uh, yeah, extenuating circumstances. Also, and again, I, I, one of the reasons Jeff Brom took some heat following that game. One of several reasons why Jeff Brom took some heat following that game was King Daru. Uh, right, right around the, the running back for Purdue, right around four yards of carry. Yes, didn't seem like they were tackling him. They were him running, very, and then they just stopped doing it. And, and right. yeah, only only fifteen carries in the uh, in the game, despite that. Well, I don't know uh, how much y'all saw of it. I mean, the guy the guy did throw for two hundred eighty five yards, but I think I think Clifford was about thirty for fifty seven. Yeah, he I mean, was barely over. Um, what, what, over 50%. Oh, he, but, strug- um, he struggled for a lot of the game. He They had huge plays, remember, at the end of the half, and then that drive at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. Two of his touchdowns, he scrambles, and I use the word scramble very loosely there, out to the right, and two guys just let the tight end get behind him, and he underthrew the pass, 
And then the one guy ran past the guy, and then the other one tried to grab him with his hand. He didn't try to tackle him. And the tight end goes 67 yards. Mm-hmm. Then they throw a, a, a slant for about four yards. And it's super athletic play by the uh, Penn State wide receiver. But he spins around, and two guys who were approaching him, they, they pretty much stopped in their tracks because they thought he was going down, and he ran right between them for a 30-yard touchdown. So, uh he finished the game, Brett, he finished the game 20 of 37, but that includes going 6 for 7 for about 80 right, on yards on, 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 on that final Before drive of the game. Yeah, yeah. On that, yeah just, hey, on, let, just on the final let, drive. Last thing, can y'all remember us first two games throwing any type of bubble screen or... You know, like you know there's there's one there's one to tank right on the first. Uh, I think there was a there was a screen. It was more of a it was more of an inside yeah, screen. But right. there's that there's the play. I think on the first series of the game uh, against uh, San Jose State, where Tank Bigsby is split out wide and he gets a sort of a screen pass. But no, especially compared to the the Chip Lindsey era of Auburn offense or even the Chad Morris year, uh, where where you saw a lot of of screens to the wide receivers. Ryan Davis, that 2017 season, felt like about half of his catches were, were on those on those wide receiver screen plays. You, you have not seen that in the in the in the first two weeks, nearly uh, near, nearly to that degree. Got to get to our top of the hour, Brent. If you've got some more, uh, you can either hang with us or give us a call back. But we have to get to that top of the hour break. Right back with hour number two. Brett can crow about the Dodgers if he wants. Yeah, in, there we in, go. In hour number on the two. other side. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
be uh, Lee. Uh, Auburn Auburn plays at Lee on um, Auburn plays at Lee on on Friday. Or no, that's a Thursday. That's a Thursday game. No, it's Friday. That's a Friday game. Um, so for for some reason, I, I had that uh, I had that marked on the uh, on the schedule. So so, anyways, Auburn, Opelika, and Central all playing on the road. On top of what you said, uh, yeah, being all three in the top four, Auburn incredible. one, Opelika three, and Central four. Just uh, unbelievable the football that is played here in this area. And a, a huge one, Jason didn't disagree when we were give, talking. Do, do you want to give out the info again? Uh, nah, if you're listening on the stream, you got it. Um, the uh, uh, when, when we were talking about how big a non-conference game this one is, just from the feel of it, I'm not saying, I mean, West Virginia was, was, was big. Um, Clemson has been really big. But, I mean, just when you get that for the intersectional feel and the fact that there has never been a, a team who was a member at the time of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. Nebraska was in the Big Eight, weren't they? When they, or, were they, or were they in the Big 12 uh, back in 83? Uh, may have still been Big Eight. I, I, I don't I don't remember. I don't know exactly when no I'm not I'm I'm hazy on my Big Twelve history too. Well I'm, yeah, I'm but anyway, to... Nebraska was not in the Big Ten when they visited. Neither was Maryland. Maryland was in the ACC when they visited in '83. And I mean, we can we can talk about fashion if you really want to. But the but the thing that like I, I thought Jason Caldwell, you know, in the in the previous hour, we were talking about the. You know what might be the most important aspect of the game, or or the or among the most important aspects of the game, and he raised the point that it's going to be vitally important for the Auburn passing offense, right? Like he's, he, it's not going to be. I, I was, I was thinking of it as strength on strength. Auburn's rushing offense, and how do they do? Penn State's passing offense, and how do they perform? And Jason was sort of saying. It, it's vitally important for the perceived weaknesses of both teams. The Penn State rushing offense and the Auburn passing offense, those need to be able to perform. And if one of those two, uh, if, if, if one of those two outlets were to have a really poor game, uh, you, you could see how that might end up costing, uh, their respective team the win. I mean, do, do you have a, uh, I mean, between, between the Auburn rushing offense, the Auburn passing offense, the Penn State rushing offense, and the Penn State passing offense, does one of them seem uh, like like they have outsized importance going into this game? I don't know. I mean, I think it's really interesting. Right. I, I, I think what Jason said is absolutely right. I mean, if Auburn can throw, if Penn State can run, it's um, because that's sort of not what you expect. I mean, I think the expectation is... Auburn's going to try to run the ball with Tank Bixby. Penn State's going to try to take advantage of what it, what appears to be a soft secondary right now, and and rely on the experience of Sean Clifford. And you may you may see defenses that are counting on counting on teams to lean on their strength. Right? If you're if you're Auburn, you probably expect to face a Penn State defense that is uh, overly aggressive against the run. Right? Is is going to be focused on stopping. Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and, and Robbie Ashford when he's in the game and, and bottling up the Auburn run game as best they can. On, on the other side, Auburn's defense has to be expecting Sam. I mean, after after the game last year, I mean, you you got to be expecting Clifford to well, to to throw the football. And when Auburn's, somebody goes twenty eight for thirty two against you, you'd better be concerned. And you would and, think and that expecting could, them to try to do that again. And you would think that Auburn's. Auburn's focus on that passing offense might give Penn State 
favorable matchups in the run mm-hmm. game if they want to if they want to run their freshman running back uh, Singleton as as much as they did uh, this past week against Ohio. You know, yeah, there, there well, could well, be like, there because you, if you have a defense that's worried about you know stopping the pass game. Well, like Jason said, he had 179 yards on 10 yeah. carries. He had three. Runs of forty plus yards. Yeah, and and he had and, a touchdown. He had a touchdown that I thought because I I started looking at it midway through the play. I thought it was a punt return because he's so he he gets around and he's so far from everyone else in in the oh oh it must be you know it's one of those it's one of those touchdown runs that right everybody ran past him right so far there was nobody from, from back the nearest defender oh that must be a no no he's just got that kind of game breaking speed and and you see why uh, he was one of the top. He was one of the top recruits in the country. Yeah, he was a top player. He was yeah. top player in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, that, he is someone to definitely um, keep an eye out for. I wonder, you know, has Penn State uh, have they found their go-to guy at receiver? I don't know. Um, you know, Jason was talking about, you know, for Auburn, it's been Javarius Johnson then then Chedrick Jackson. They're the only two guys with more than two receptions. I'm trying to this think year. of the other three catches. So he said he said that besides two, Shed, there's two for Chick, two for yeah, two for Chick Dawson, and one for Coy Moore yeah, last Coy Moore. week. Wow. That is it. That's, That's all the receptions by wide receivers, and they have played ten. Did Malcolm Johnson not receivers. catch? Did he not catch a pass in not the first in the game? game? He, 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 had, he had the he had the attempt. He had the the right. ball went off his hands, but he didn't. No. Wow. And he and he had a run. I, I believe. Yes, was a, he did. He had a reverse. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so Auburn has played, I believe, have. ten different players at receiver, and only four of them have caught passes. It, I mean, you you would have you would have expected. And it's not like oh, we're talking the other six just played like one series. Now, the the one thing I do think is worth pointing out, and uh, again, if if we if we have more data and it turns out this didn't matter, uh, I will concede, uh, but. Auburn was expecting to be playing in pretty serious rain the first two weeks of the season. And so you might expect Auburn to have wanted to be run heavy because the forecast called for significant thunderstorms in both of the first two games. Auburn. Now, I don't know how much of that actually impacted Auburn's receivers being involved or not being involved, but I would understand if Auburn said, well, you know, we, we braced for a run-heavy attack these first two weeks because we thought we were going to be playing in, uh, and, and at times they were. Playing yes, in, you're playing right. In, playing in a downpour the first two weeks of the not, season. Not nearly as much in game two. Not nearly as much in game two, but the but the forecast was there yes. for, for the possibility of a, of a, of serious rain throughout game two. So so I wonder how much of that uh, leads to it. At the same time, uh, that's that that excuse isn't going to work every single week. You can't. No, <laughs> you can't it's say, not going to work this week. No, I mean, because I mean, who knows? Maybe there's a freak of nature and 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 it rains. But right now, though, when I looked at the forecast, I saw zero percent chance of rain. I'll tell you what for Saturday. I think Auburn, if given the option, would love to play this game in a downpour with Penn with Penn State with Penn with the amount with the amount Penn State wants to throw the football. I used to think that. I'm not so sure anymore because sometimes receivers know exactly where they're going oh. and defensive backs can slip. I used to think that it was really it played heavily into the running game, but that was before pass games were as sophisticated and quarterbacks now. were as were as accurate as they as they are well, now. Cliff- they, they seem to be able to hold the ball better. It doesn't slip out of their hands as well, much. Well, Clifford is a guy who wants to go downfield. Yes, to he me, does. Is, so, is somebody who may struggle more in or, or could, you know because it's, it does seem like if you're a if it you're wasn't a, all bombs last year against right. Auburn though. But if you're a quick strike offense, yeah, the rain's not going to affect you maybe as much because uh, the ball's not traveling in the air as much and not subject to wind and rain mm-hmm. and all those. But if you're going to try to throw it. 
it downfield, I would think, oh, you know what? But anyways, it doesn't seem like the weather's going to be too much of a factor on Saturday because, like you said, it, it, it's almost, not only is it, uh, not only is there a, a small chance, if, if any, of, of rain, it's going to be cooler than it was. Well, yeah, it's going to be a little warmer than it's been the last but, day or so, but still talking about, you know, mid-80s or so, um, you know, maybe 86 or 87 for a high, but not not terrible humidity and dropping into the 60s again, um, you know, by the end of the game. And cooler, as Jason called well, maybe, before. Maybe the upper 60s. Maybe cooler at kickoff than it was at kickoff in College Station, you know, for a game a year yeah. ago oh, that, yeah. that was, uh, yeah, unseasonably warm up in uh, up in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it should, should, uh, should be nice weather. And uh, it, it does feel like it's going to be a really big weekend, you know, in, in Auburn. I mean, th- this is... Regardless of what jersey Auburn wears, we haven't really gotten into we that. I, I, we don't really, I don't want to really spend a lot of time. We're coming up on a break here, but just wanted to say... I, I'm fine either way. Yeah. I would have no problem. I'm not one of the look. I'm I'm one of the old. I'm one of the older guys. I'm, I wouldn't have any problem with it. I've, I see Auburn wear. I see Auburn wear different, different uh, assortments of of their colors in every sport. And in football, it's been for for a long time since Coach Die. It's been either navy or white, depending on whether home home or away. Uh, you know, so it would. It, it's not going to bother me. The thing is, you, you know, I don't think you want to lose if you if you if you put on the orange. Of course, that wouldn't be the plan. The plan would be try to you know motivate everybody. Hey, if if the if players, if the recruits, if the fans go crazy and it works, then great. If if here's here's my stance on it. If if you believe that you've got an orange jersey that the players like and Under yep. Armour likes yep. and you like. And you want to pull? Oh, look, I was in Athens for the blackout. Yes, you were there too. I was. I mean, if you, if you, and that if, place, it's already crazy. If, it really went crazy. If you think you've got an orange jersey that the players like and Under Armour likes and you like, then I would, I would go full blackout. I would have the team come out in blue jerseys and warm up on the field in blue jerseys, mm-hmm. and I'd pull them off the field. During before the during the anthem, I'd pull them off the field and have them come back out in the orange jerseys. If you want to do that, and if you've got a jersey that looks well, great, when they come out, I, you know, when they come out for the for yes. the intro, yes, I yeah. would. I'd pull. I'd have them on the field in blue jerseys yep. and fake everybody out, and then put them in orange jerseys. I worry if that's not the plan that people might be disappointed I, because they feel teased. like I feel like that is exactly the case now that so many people have felt like oh it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and if it doesn't, they're going to be disappointed and it's going to be sort of a letdown. Yeah, that they've teased it. And I, I told you the concept of Chekhov's gun earlier, the idea in drama that you Yeah, I don't... thought you were talking Star Trek yeah. when you first I, well, said Well, I, might, I like... might have been. Ken, Ken's ears <laughs> perked Cause, up. Because Ken was right behind yeah, you Ken's, when you said Ken's that. ears perked up when I mentioned yeah. Chekhov. But in, in drama, uh, Chekhov's gun is the idea that you don't introduce something that will disappoint the audience if you don't follow through on it. You don't, put, you don't introduce a gun into a play if that gun isn't going to eventually go off because, you know, otherwise people will just sort of be waiting for, mm-hmm. for that gun to go off. And, and I do it, that. That kind of thing drives me crazy. And I keep waiting and waiting. Yeah. Hey, whatever happened to when something's yes. going to... And if they don't, it's like, 
What a waste of my time. Yeah, I mean, and there are red herrings. You know, so, sometimes you'll yeah, sometimes know. you'll introduce that just for that reason. But no, and I, that's it, not Will's brother. It can, it can, yeah, it can, it can uh, aggravate people. So you you don't want to. It's it could be. It's, for it's, a, it's a dangerous thing to do. And I think uh, you know, even though Auburn hasn't said they're going to be orange jerseys, if you flirt with it too much, you run the risk of of you know somewhat. Although I think there's going to be energy in that stadium. No yes, matter, no yes, matter there what. Is. You know, if they want to wear just orange socks and orange uh, an orange, orange face, face mask and yeah, cleats, you want to go face I mean, that, mask, that's, socks that's and what, cleats. That's what you know. Some folks have said it's just going to be face mask please that's fine yeah i mean go, go for it but uh you know it, there is there is the opportunity we, we were there and we were there in athens and that mm-hmm. that is you know that is something that that i remember 15 years later as something that was a a special moment to introduce a a special jersey didn't work just when that. they did it against alabama but it, no. it did that first time no yeah and they haven't and they haven't done it since no, then alabama. those things will... yeah <laughs> all right let's get to our first break of this hour jeremy hold on you're up when we come back here on the wednesday drive now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon, 519, and back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Jeremy is next. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, hey, guys. I was I was in Athens that night, too, and for two and a half quarters, those black shirts didn't match. No, you're right. They did not. Auburn, was, Auburn, was, we, winning, Auburn was winning when the fourth quarter started, right? Or they, or they scored? We, we had a bad turnover late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, and they went to a timeout. And played that stupid Soldier Boy song, and that place you. lost its mind. mind. You're right. You are right. The uh, the 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 stands. All right. So I was Soldier Boy. Tell them. I, 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 I was back and forth between both sides, and at that time, I was on the press box side, looking at the upper deck there at Sanford Stadium, thinking this thing is going to go. There, there yeah. are thousands. There are thousands of Auburn fans, Jeremy. That all they have to do is hear the "you" part of yeah. the of the Soldier Boy song, <laughs> and, you, and you duck. And they're yeah, because they're, they're, you, they're transported back to Athens, two thousand seven. I'd never seen a place go from. I mean, look, it was Athens. It was a great game. It was a great game. Um, back and forth. No like Sean. Said, no we, Sean Moreno. I believe the the back we, for uh, for Georgia. We had done well, and we we turned that ball over. And like I said, they went to like a TV timeout or something immediately mm-hmm. after that, and they played that song. And I've never witnessed anything like that at a football, at a football game in my life. Never. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I, it was, it was, it, it, it was. Uh, it's difficult to describe. You know how 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 yeah. unglued, how unhinged that place became. Um, and that's where like Saturday, it doesn't matter what color. If if one team returns to open a kick for a touchdown, it, it just doesn't matter. Everything changes at that point. Um, and that's you know that's where I, I we've got to get off to a fast start. Um, yeah, we wanted to talk. We wanted to talk more football than than fashion. Uh, you know, because it does. And we have, it, and we know, but you know what I mean. Like there has, there's been a lot because there's been a lot of Jersey talk for what we've been saying is such a huge game uh, th- this week. You know, and and uh, and no, I, I just think yeah, there, there's there's a, there's quite a bit of there's, there's quite a bit of interesting football to, to discuss about this about this football game, Jeremy. Right, and that, that's where like Saturday, it, whichever team can make the other team unload the box is going to win that ball game. If, if either one of those defenses is allowed to keep seven guys up in the box, 
they're going to have a hard time winning the game. Um, you're 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 going to have to do something to force force those defenses to spread out. Um, and I, I just think that's 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 the difference. Um, which which team can make make some plays and and keep the other team from loading up and stopping the run. And and the bad news there, I suppose, if you're rooting for Auburn, would be that I think Penn State is probably more comfortable than Auburn at at you know taking three or four receivers out there and having the quarterback. Uh, th- throw it down the field. At times, that's been you know where, where TJ has been comfortable. Though is, is being able to operate in the spread and, and find a guy and, and deliver it uh, with some confidence. And you would think maybe Auburn has the advantage in the run game that they could back Penn State off a little bit because we were saying earlier, Jeremy, Penn State did not tackle well against Purdue, and I'd be nervous having my defense face Tank Bigsby and Jarquez mm-hmm. Hunter if if we weren't tackling well against Purdue. Sure, and you you talk about like yeah, Clifford's numbers last year, the whole. 28 to 32, whatever. We rushed three all night long. And I do not expect you're going to see that Saturday. I can't believe that's that's the plan going in, where you're just going to rush three and rush four all night. I'm not sure how often Auburn has rushed three in, in the first two games no. of the season. Not I think this year. Been, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Not right. this year. We yeah. did up there last year, though. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a three-man rush all night long. And that's where he had he had all day to, to pick Yeah, Auburn was dropping spot. everybody, it seemed like. I right. mean, it seemed like there were times where they rushed two. We were we were saying earlier, Jeremy, it feels like the question is, and, and we've you know had similar conversations before with Auburn's front four against a good quarterback. Back, but it's going to be can can you get to him with with Colby Wooden, Marcus Harris, Ekuliota, and, and and Derek Hall, or do you need you know more than just those four if, to, to to go after him? Hey, look, if Auburn's getting there with four, Penn State's going to have a long night. Um, but I expect and there's a chance got, and there's a chance of that. I mean, Auburn hasn't played you, great the first two games in that regard, but but they 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 were able to. I mean, you know, those those are those are four talented guys. The the ability is there, sure. I, I expect when you've got short, when you're when you know teams are on the hash mark, and maybe you've got a chance to bring a corner off the edge, bring bring somebody off the edge to try to make a big play on defense. Like I said, force turnovers, force the action. Like you can force the offense to be a little bit uncomfortable, and we, you just 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 what you've got to do. Um, I, I just can't imagine allowing him to just pick and choose where he throws the ball. Like you said, they, they had a couple of big plays last year in the passing game, but it was more on a bust mm-hmm. than it was anything else. Like you just, you just can't allow them to, to hit that big play because whatever uniform you're wearing, that they just cha- changes everything. It sucks all the air out of your stadium when you do that. Last year, it gave them the juice that they needed when they were able to hit those plays. They didn't just march up and down the field on us. No, yeah, you're right, and 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 it was great seeing the whiteout being there for everything. But that, you know, that I, I don't think that that intimidated Auburn, or that's the reason that Penn State no. Penn State won either. No, that 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 was a ball game from start to finish. We're yep. late in the fourth quarter. You're you're a yard away from a chance to tie that ball game up, um, and that's what I'm expecting Saturday. I, that, this game is like Jason was saying. It, it, it is this is as big as it gets. Um, it doesn't matter what the rankings are. These two teams could come in unranked. But if they're undefeated with the two names that are on that shirt, this is going to be a big, huge game. And I, I expect it to feel that way. It already starts to feel that way. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm Jason May, you know, and he's right. I mean, Penn State won the game and they still went 7-6 and six last year. But the loser of this game, it's going to be a big, big disappointment to the fan base of the losing team and to the players. And I agree, Jeremy. I agree that it also feels like a game that should be close in the fourth quarter and, and someone driving to take the lead late. At the same time, the, the way, the way it doesn't happen 
would be if one of these two quarterbacks had a real bad night. Had right? a like really if, bad if, night, if yeah. one of these two quarterbacks, you know, is 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 unable to stop throwing it to the other team or or get their team off the field, uh, you know, or, or can't keep their team on the field, uh, you know, for for more than more than three plays on a drive. That's that's how this game could be, you know, a, a double think, digit, you know, comfortable lead in the fourth quarter kind of game. You, you, this is just as big of an unknown as anything you're you're going to come across. That's just the way these yep. two teams are built. They're both talented enough to play really good football. They're both not talented enough to to have something snowball. Well, and no, go you, ahead. You just got you've got to show up, and you've just every chance, every opportunity that you get. You've got to squeeze as much juice out of it as you can. What you can't have is the kind of start Auburn had last week where they kept shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. You know, oh, putting, sure. putting themselves second and 19, dropping, you know, things like that. Dropping balls right. on read option. Like, you just, yeah, there, there's something you just you can't do. Um, yeah, if you're going you to run seven you, plays in the first quarter again, they better, you know, two, over, two or three better, better be, be yeah. Yeah, you better be one play touchdown. You couldn't drives. do that. You couldn't do that last week against San Jose State. Much less do that this week against Penn State. And that's you know any any play like that, you're you're going to get crushed. Yeah, the deficit so. was the deficit was what three at the half Saturday night for Auburn against Penn. Yeah, against it was San Jose State. Yeah, it it won't be three. If you, no. if you play you play like that you play like that and, and and I don't think anybody expects Auburn to I mean that that's a nah. um, you know we'll we'll see what happens this Saturday but but I'm with you Jeremy I, I think this one this one feels really really big for an out of conference game in in, in Jordan Hare Stadium I've I've got an eight year old that has you know he's he's been around for for big games here at home this is this is going to be by far the biggest thing he's he's had a chance to witness and he is stoked so that's cool look looking forward to it guys. All right, Jeremy. Good stuff. Have fun, bud. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's 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 for, that's that's a pretty impressive statement. That is. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you think? I mean, I mean you've, had, you've had some iron bowls. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say you. You know, and, and well, I, you know, of course, five years ago he was only three. That's true. So he probably doesn't have a whole lot of memories of of the Georgia and Bama games. Those here. those those were the, those for were folks who remember. Those, those were those were big, big. Those were big. I mean, even the nineteen iron bowl. Yeah. You know, felt like that's, a, felt that like a really, really really big game. Um. Do you have a feeling? I know we we're, the music is about to start playing. Uh, do you have a feeling about LSU Mississippi State? I don't shift gears. Man, I don't. Yeah, we're we are about to hit the bottom of the yard. I really don't know. I really don't know. Mississippi State. The Bulldogs have been playing great. They really they played better than I thought. Yeah. The first two games, LSU. Uh, they're talented. The games in Baton Rouge. State beat them the last time down there. Will, Will Rogers. I, Will Rogers got better I this offseason. It's it's, and State's the favorite, but it's just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel comfortable picking State. I I I really don't know. That's you, why I haven't set my picks like, in. You don't That's like to, why I haven't set my picks in to Brian yet. You don't like to prematurely bury LSU because people no, do it no, and I then they, and then they look foolish at the yep. end of the season. But they better show some life this weekend. Uh, you're right. You are absolutely right. And we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Plenty of time for you to join us in the final 25 minutes here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. 
Final 25 minutes of the Wednesday Drive, Bill and Dan. And we'd love for you to join in. Uh, get love to get your thoughts on the game this weekend. We're talking Auburn Penn State because it is. I mean, um, what you, you mentioned Mississippi State LSU. Uh, let's see the what what are, what are the other? I mean, South Carolina's hosting Georgia. Yeah, that just doesn't feel South like Car- it's going to be that uh, that that intriguing. I mean, they they are, and you know, I don't want to jump to any premature conclusions. And they did play Arkansas. South Carolina appears to be, uh, you know. Uh, uh, below average compared to some of the other teams in the conference. At they're still not as talented. Well, especially as, the, as some of the teams. especially at the line of scrimmage, and yes. and they you know they struggled to keep Arkansas under 300 rushing yards last week, and I think Georgia, I, I think even Shane Beamer was talking about it. Like if you know you know Georgia should feel like they're going to run for a lot of yards after watching South Carolina struggle to stop Arkansas. Yes, I, the I challenge agree. is can South Carolina? I get, don't know get that Arkansas the, isn't just more. Arkansas may be more difficult to just stop running than Georgia. Right, but you but you run the risk of giving Stetson Bennett and those right. receivers that's, some that's, favorable matchups. That's exactly right. You, that's exactly if you right. sell out to stop Georgia's yep. run, uh, you know they, they've got a quarterback and some guys through the air, Brock Bowers and and et cetera, that that will beat you, you know, and, and win their matchup. So yeah, it's a tough puzzle to solve right now unless you just have better players. And and like uh, like, like Kirby Smith said after the or like Kirby Smart said after the Oregon game. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got better players. Yeah, you got you got better players. And, and, and most of the time, he does now. And if you were asking, yeah, and and if you're trying to break down Georgia South Carolina, it it could be Georgia by multiple scores because they've they've got it should be Georgia by multiple because they got scores. better. I know they, they got better players. They they have in the past really uh, ha- had a lot on their hands when they played South Carolina, but it's hard to see it. This time, Miami and M- Texas A&M. Muschamp's return to Columbia. That is by right. The way, as, that is as, right. Uh, as part Get of the Georgia. Get to hear staff. these the screech throughout the game. Um, Miami Texas A and M is is another one. I I just I find it hard to believe that A and M is going to lay another egg back to back. If they do here, if they do here, it could be a disastrous season for the Aggies. There's a lot of discussion about the quarterbacks in next year's NFL draft class, the top quarterbacks in college football this year, Bryce Young and uh, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. Caleb Williams isn't draft eligible. I'd probably take him over anyone, the guy at USC. Uh, but but they, there are a lot of – Will Levis at, at Kentucky mm-hmm. is, is a great quarterback. Uh, the, the, there are – you know, people – you know, there's a lot of different guys out, out there. Tyler Van Dyke at Miami is as good as just about anybody in college football at the quarterback position. He was sensational second half of the season, off to a good start this year. That there are some draft folks that are really bullish on him. You know that that's that's what would scare me right now. If you're a And M, is that you're you're going to face a quarterback who's bringing serious, you know, who's got serious momentum and serious firepower. Are you capable of matching that with your offense? Right is now? is Jimbo going to stick with Haynes King? No matter what, people are wondering if what Tyler. Is, what is Max Johnson thinking? Yeah, people are wondering if Tyler Van Dyke is going to be a first round pick. People are wondering if Haynes King is the best quarterback on that team mm-hmm. right now. Those are the separate problems that they've got. You know, a, a strong performance by A and M, and they're you know they're they're back feeling confident as they enter conference play. Right. And then they go it was uh, you know Arkansas. Yeah, they got they got Arkansas yeah, they a week later in you know against, Arkansas. Against, uh, then they got uh, Mississippi State, and then they've got Alabama. Then they've got Alabama. So I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's if. A, if <laughs> If 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 Van Dyke lights their secondary up this week, how how excited are they to play 
I guess Mississippi State in a couple of weeks yeah. after the physicality of Arkansas. Yeah, no, you've you've got four you've got four good quarterbacks you're about to face in four straight weeks with Van Dyke and then those three quarterbacks to start conference play. KJ Jefferson, Will Rogers, and Bryce Young. Yeah, you've got, yeah. You've got and and you lost to App State right. over the weekend too. So this is uh, this is maybe maybe the biggest game Jimbo Fisher's had. You know, you don't want to say because there have been some big conference games. But so what? Even even if they lose, what's going to happen? That's Except true. the fan base turns on him as as he continues cashing the checks as their coach. You wonder how many of those kids that, um, well, you, you got to be careful. But the, you know, assuming some players at Texas A&M, I don't want to take any credit away from Texas A&M's coaching staff because I know how Jimbo Fisher gets. Assuming, <laughs> right. assuming some of those players maybe chose Texas A&M for financial reasons. You wonder if they're reconsidering. Hey, could, could they uh, Steve Miller and take the money and run? I mean, you, you wonder, <laughs> you, you know, you, you wonder if there's, you know, you, you know well, I mean, it's a, you know, if you got a, you got a team full of mercenaries, you know, you wonder if, you know, if they're, if they're going to stick through when, when things get bad. So I, I don't know. That's it's, it would be, be really deflating. I know App State's already a, pr- a pretty deflating loss for A&M, but, but it, that'd be two, two out-of-conference losses before you go into conference play would be something they, they were oh, it would thoroughly be unprepared devastating. for. Devastating. Devastating, I mean, for a team that they were ranked number six. I thought that was way too high, um, but, but they were ranked number six. And, and, and now App State goes home game day with Troy coming in. That's, that's a fun game that really is. to look at this week. I mean, that's great. I think it is great for the Trojans heading to Boone this weekend in that atmosphere, and the Mountaineers, um, who should be in the top twenty-five, I think it's it's a, it's it's lame that you know, yes. so considering some of the jumps that some folks have made, it's it's crazy that, that App State didn't get ranked in the top twenty-five. And no, I do pulled. you go on the road and beat the number six team in the country? Yeah, it's an outrage. So so the fact that they're not, I think it's really cool that he to beat the number seven team in the country at their yeah. place, and they jump up to number twelve. A and still ranked. Yes, all App yeah. State that was. All they did was go and win in College Station, and it was a was it a fluke? Didn't no, feel like a I fluke. A and M, if A and M doesn't get the kickoff return for a touchdown, yeah, A and M, A and M has scored one offensive touchdown. Had the ball for fifteen minutes and scored one offensive right. touchdown. Didn't didn't feel like a fluke to me. No, so so I think it's really cool that ESPN and you get the feeling that if A and M had won that game on Saturday, game day would be in College Station for Miami and and, and might, Texas A and M. But instead, uh, because App State won, uh, they're uh, they're taking college game day with them back to Boone, and for the first time ever, yeah, it's going to be at a uh, at a Sun Belt school as the uh, conference opener for both of those teams, Troy and App State. First conference game uh, for John Sumrall, uh, who has uh, who, who's uh, who, who won his home opener uh, last week as the new head coach of the Troy Trojans. Yeah, I think that could be a really cool game. And you're right in the in the aftermath of that big win by App State, you wonder if this is a shot. For a Sun Belt team uh, to maybe go in there and pull off the upset because uh, App State is still uh, uh, they're still uh, feeling as as good as they are after uh, pulling off such a big win a week ago. Meanwhile, the uh, the SEC nation coming to Auburn for for, hey. for their uh, Saturday pregame. Uh, and speaking of things pregame, is that the Tebow is that the Tebow game? Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. No, the, the Tebow. So, so he'll be back on. Uh, Back on campus for the first time. Yeah. Not the first time. Laura He's been back Rutledge since. And, yeah. Uh, not, not the first time since 06, but his, uh, you know, fa- famously was here as part of that. Uh, uh, I, I was trying to set you up for speaking of pregame. Oh, yeah. The drive. We're, we're, we're going to be downtown because this is such a monumental uh, week of, of Auburn football. It should be such a big weekend. Uh, we're we're going to be live at Skybar Cafe with the Drive Tailgate Show Friday, uh, 4 to 6, right?
right here on ESPN 106.7. Uh, I should find out when the doors uh, open at Skybar. That, that would be a good idea. I'll, re- I'll reach out to my uh, my sources there and find out. We'll have that for you. Maybe by the end of the show. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll let you know. But we're going to be there live on location. Uh, brought to you by Skybar and Bud Light. Next, going to be great to be downtown. Should be a uh, should be a really fun Friday uh, over by uh, Tumors Corner. And yeah, we're going to be hanging out at Skybar doing the show live on location, courtesy of Skybar Cafe and Bud Light. Next, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Let's get back to it. And John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, guys. First of all, I'm going to be in town on Friday, so that's excellent news. I'll come by Sky Bar and check that out. So I know it's going to be a crazy weekend in Auburn. Oh, man. Hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I hope it's a good crazy weekend. I hope so. Auburn needs a big win. It's time for Auburn to get a mm-hmm. big win, and I think it would be a big win, guys. Uh, one question, really, one question and one thought. How's Auburn's health? I haven't heard anything about uh, injuries or anything like that. I'm, I missed Harson's presser on Monday. And second point, you guys had mentioned App State. Um, I think we saw last weekend why some of us would love to see automatic bids for all-conference champs. I'd love to see App State actually make a play. That could have potentially been a playoff game. So it would be nice to actually for Sunbelt Conference regular season games to actually matter. And the only way that would occur would be auto bids for the playoff. Just your thoughts on that. I love the show. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it, John. Well, one of the things that uh, Brian Harson uh, addressed was Malcolm Johnson, who did not play. I um, mean, he he dressed out, uh, but but uh, never had his helmet in his hand. Um, uh, Harson said that he could have played if he had to, but uh, but they were able to get by without him. But he's I, he's good to go this week. I got the sense from talking to folks that uh, the Malcolm Johnson Jr. thing was, you know, they wanted to see uh, how he felt warming up. Right. And pretty early on, you know, it, it seemed like there was enough discomfort. He was favoring, yeah. What, yeah. So yeah. I think I think they shut down the warm-ups uh, pretty mm-hmm. early, and, and they, you know, decided to give it another week. And, uh, and you know, we'll see, we'll see how involved he is. On, on Saturday. Yeah, but but he should be back. Other than that, I think everybody else who has been playing is good to go. I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, we'd heard preseason that Zykevius Walker could be back in a few weeks. I, I, I don't know how close he is to getting back. That would what, add somebody else there on the defensive front. What's the D-line rotation right now? I've mentioned Eku, uh, Eku Marcus, Colby, right. and Derek Hall we are saw, your first we, four. We, we saw Morris Joseph and Marcus Bragg a good bit. On uh, this past Marcus Bragg this Saturday, made a really nice play. He did. I mean, I thought the guy Shout was by out. him, yeah. and uh, somehow with his big paw was able to uh, to knock him down. Late, that, was, late, that was a quarterback. Wasn't I think it was it? late in the first half. Uh, the uh, San Jose State quarterback was scrambling, and Mark and it looked like he'd gotten by Marcus Bragg. Marcus Bragg slams on the brakes, reaches back, and grabs the guy by the by the chest, basically by his by his uh, shoulder pads, and 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 throws him throws him to the ground. But it would have been. Uh, the, yeah, that that could have been a ten yard plus run uh, by the by you know by the quarterback had Marcus Bragg not made a really impressive play to uh, bring him down. And then the other two guys who are playing is when Auburn goes to uh, to a nose tackle. That's uh, either Jason Jones or Marquise Burks. So I mean, th- those are those are pretty much the. I guess uh, when you're when you're talking five different positions, ten guys that have played a pretty good bit. Is it Jason and Marquise together, or is it usually one of those? Usually, two guys? it's one of the two. And then who would be would would Colby? That's or usually with Colby. Be? I mean, they, they've gone with they've gone with a uh, they've gone with a three 
sort of the 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 three four at times when they go with the even front it's generally you pull jason and it's colby and marcus inside with Derek and echo on the outside and you usually one of colby or marcus has been on the field on every yes, on every pretty play. much and, and both of them for 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 mm-hmm. most of the first two games of the season i would imagine yeah they, they played the majority i mean uh in in their um well, who else has who else has really been playing? And I, I mentioned uh, Jeffrey Humbaugh's been a little I, I, bit. Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, um, Marsh Joseph. Uh, he he's the he's the main guy, the third guy, yeah. I think, really in there at either of those two spots. And and then yeah, Umbaugh is probably the next one. And then in the secondary, it seemed like Saturday the rotation shortened a little bit, and they leaned on six primary players. Well, you, you saw backfield. more of DJ James, and we've seen. Uh, a lot more of Keontae Scott. Right, and less of Caden Bridges from the first right. week to the second week. And so it does seem like uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson. More, well, I mean, it makes sense. More of your cover type guys yep. and fewer of the true safety types. And I would imagine DJ James and Keontae Scott, because Penn State is so often going with mm-hmm. three or more Penn receivers. Penn State goes three receivers a lot. Yeah, or more. Three, right. Three, three plus I mean, receivers. I three is pretty standard for them. Yeah, you could see three, four, or five, and they're going to be, I, I think Armour's going to be leaning on DJ James and Keontae Scott mm-hmm. in coverage quite a bit, hoping that they can uh, they can hold their own, and maybe even uh, some of the other defensive backs as well, Zion. and, and Yeah, I would expect and, Zion and, and Donovan to, be, to yeah. be the safeties most of the time. But they could be they could be called upon, you know, as, as safeties can be right. in coverage. But, no, we saw a lot of DJ and a lot of Keontae. Uh, you know, that was uh, that was something that you know DJ James in his second game uh, in, in an Auburn I uniform. Thought, I thought he was uh, he appeared just to my eyes uh, to have as good a game as any of the Auburn corners. Agreed. I yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, we, we don't know the, the science behind evaluating. Yeah, I don't know the grades or backs, but what he was supposed to be doing on every play. It seemed like he was in on some incomplete passes. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe that's, that's and was the, the thing. result of some incomplete yeah, passes. Yeah, that's that's the thing you take note of with DJ James was that there were several times where he was the nearest guy or or the guy getting involved mm-hmm. on, on incompletions. Yeah. Um, We'll go ahead and get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for a couple of calls or so. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 as we head home on the Wednesday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final segment here on this Wednesday afternoon. Something, uh... Um, that came out today. I mean, it's and it's not uh, any huge news, but I, I thought it was interesting that today the Southeastern Conference announcing adjustments to the future schedules of Georgia and Tennessee because both those teams are scheduled to play Oklahoma, um, and they the 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 deals were home and away for both, but one of the games for each was scheduled before the official or the expected um, dates of Oklahoma and Texas joining the Southeastern Conference. So that affects your non-conference games that you'll be playing. Obviously, once Oklahoma's in the SEC, they won't be a non-conference game, and that's the way it's been scheduled for the second game of the series against both Georgia and Tennessee. Right, there was a game scheduled for next season 
right between Oklahoma and Georgia and at a conference game. Right. Where they returned that game was going to be in thirty one, I believe, was the return for, for Georgia to uh, for Oklahoma to Georgia. Yes, but the but the game the game next season was scheduled to be in Norman. Yes. Right? It and, was going to be Georgia at Oklahoma next year and Oklahoma was returning making their return visit in thirty one. Tennessee was to have played uh, host to Oklahoma in 24 and then gone to Norman in 25. But right now, remember, the the latest date that we expect Oklahoma and Texas to join the conference is for the 25 season. Well, there's there's, there's a, a correction there on the, on, the te- on the Tennessee thing. So Oklahoma had been scheduled to play at Tennessee in 2020. That's that's where this right. so it was going to be a 2020 game and then the return visit was going to oh, be in okay. 2024. They had not announced a makeup game. That was one of the games we lost. Oh, okay, because all the out of conference games. That's why I guess we were just thinking yes. it could be 25. So there okay. was there was a to be determined game uh, in Norman. There was a game to be scheduled. Uh, you know, in, in a in okay, a future year. Okay, so that year. series could have stayed on the books had they been able to play in 2020. Had they had they and been, yes. Oklahoma hadn't yes. the, did not join the SEC before 25. But since there was needed there needed to be a return visit, they've decided to cancel both games okay. instead. Georgia has scheduled Ball State for yeah, next that, September. That's that's a that's a fair replacement. Yeah, I mean I, I mean now it, it's tough sometimes to find teams to play at this short notice, and, we're talking about next year. And Georgia has the built-in excuse of they always have a Power Five opponent on the schedule from another conference oh, yeah. because they and, played and Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech at the end of the season. Yeah. But that's but no, and so they still. Oh, yeah. but, My heart is breaking for Georgia but, having to lose Oklahoma and add Ball State. But, but they still they they still technically yeah. fill the yeah, SEC. They fill the obligation. Yeah, the obligation of having a Power Five yeah. opponent, you know, at a conference oh, yeah. opponent on your schedule, even if it's Georgia Tech, you know, who's in the uh, you know near the bottom of the of the Power Five. Uh, at the moment, but but no, the the speculation, Bill. I want to let you get to it. That some folks think this could mean. Yeah, I mean this this opens the door for Oklahoma and Texas to come in before twenty twenty five by clearing out those non conference games with Oklahoma. And I still I still think Oklahoma and Texas will be in the league after next season. I think by twenty twenty four they're both full members playing a conference schedule Pete in the SEC. Thamel, Pete Thamel in his ESPN.com write-up about this story mentioned some of the reasons that people think Oklahoma and Texas will wait until 2025. He cites a uh, an exit fee believed to be in the neighborhood of $80 million yeah. and a violation of a grant of rights agreement, which is, I guess, when the Big 12 allowed Oklahoma and Texas to negotiate with the SEC, there was an understanding that they would wait until a certain year. I if thought they, they caught them by surprise. Right, but I, but I wonder... <laughs> Well, I think maybe you know, or, or in or in allowing them to sign away, it's it's. Right. I don't know exactly yeah. how the grant of rights agreement. I think it's allowing them to actually right. leave, right, be and able that, to leave. Yes, yeah, so so it would be, uh, but but both schools and the SEC have been cautious in addressing a potential early de- departure. Mm-hmm. Unquote. But like you said, Bill, a lot I of folks still think, think it's going to happen. A lot, a lot of folks think it might happen a, a year early. I would be shocked if it's happening next year. No, I don't no, think me too. I, I don't think twenty three. I think twenty four. Twenty four. And I still think there can and be. We know that it will be by twenty five. And it's and it's going to come down to it's going to come down to how big the check is, right? That's I mean, the exactly big the Big right. Twelve is going to get a check from the SEC and or the broadcast partners. Yes. And you know, it's, it's just a matter of can they can they reach a number? Because it's yeah, it's, it's a question of can can they can they reach a settlement on this? Just about out of time here on the Wednesday drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell of AUTigers.com for joining us for most of hour number one. Tomorrow, a fun Woo. Thursday show. Man, it'll feel like the weekend already tomorrow uh, as as we'll talk with Scott Bagwell, the voice of the 
number one ranked Auburn High School Tigers in the 4 o'clock hour. David Paschal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and ESPN Chattanooga joins us at the start of hour number two. And Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer with us for the entire show. So we hope you will join us tomorrow. But we're out of time here on the Wednesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.